Hey, well, welcome back to Sermon Notes. This is Clark, and we're with Garland this week as we look at Jonah chapter 3 in our ongoing study of Jonah's narrative and uh, his relationship with God, with the Ninevites. And uh, Garland, we find ourselves in chapter 3. Jonah has just been spit out of the belly of the fish and finds himself on dry land, and I guess we need to know if he's going to follow through now on what God has commanded him to do. Tell yeah. us a little bit about what's going on here. Yeah, this uh, I love. I think the book of Jonah itself is fascinating. I think it's in, it's unbelievably intriguing. It's tucked. So many things are tucked away in it that we can easily miss. And chapter three is just loaded. So, uh, just in summary of the chapter, um, the same words from chapter one: arise, go to Nineveh, and uh, he's commanded to do that same thing. And this time, we're told he does. So we're actually we're actually not. We don't know the relationship of when he comes out of the, at least in the story's point of view, when he comes out of the fish and when this next command comes. It could be months later, years later, days later. We're not sure. And eventually, Jonah, he does go to Nineveh. And what we're going to see is he gives a heartwarming message of God's gracious redemption for them, expressed in five Hebrew words. And here, here's what he says. He says, you're going to be destroyed in 40 days, uh, so get ready. He, he, it's quite a gospel Yeah, he shows almost no concern for them whatsoever. And then it sets up maybe the key uh, the key question of the book, which chapter 4 will also uh, set up, and it does so masterfully. Um, his pathetic message. I mean, it's almost, it's almost funny how bad his message is. I think the, I think the author wants you to find it comical. Um, the response for the Ninevites, we get it in verse 5, it says, they responded. They, they believed the message about Jonah and his God. Um, we'll talk maybe in a little bit about what the nature of that might be. What is it they're ex- exactly hearing? But then they call a fast. The king calls not only a fast of him and his court, but even the animals are meant to fast. It's, an, uh, it's meant to be funny. You're supposed to read it and go, this is really funny. Yeah. And it culminates in verse 9 when they ask this question. Who knows? God, the the God of Jonah, this Elohim, whichever this spirit being is, they probably don't have much information about Yahweh, but they're just whoever this God is, he may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. It's a it's almost a cliffhanger. Who knows? Maybe God and it's set up yeah. beautifully to do that. Who knows? Maybe God will save us. And then we get this crescendo of chapter three and verse ten. It says, When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their ways, then God relented concerning yeah. the calamity that he had declared. He did not do it. Um, it's a it's a shocking twist in the story. You're expecting the Ninevites to be destroyed. If yeah. you're a Hebrew reader, you're hoping the Ninevites get destroyed. These are bloodthirsty, ruthless people. Um, and in the midst of this story, they ask this question, and God rescues them. He spares them. It's a kind of compassion that goes beyond the limits of what any person would expect so much so that we might say this is the kind of compassion God displays. And so... Yeah, and it's uh, a different, you know, they, they may be uh, put in the camp of what you might call God-fears, those who are outside the nation of Israel, but they do recognize that there is this God, though not Yahweh to them, not personal, but there's a rec- recognition that he is Elohim. They have some and kind of a response, yeah. Kind of response. And, and what's interesting is, uh, if you look at their response, they... 
It doesn't say they smashed their idols. It doesn't say they burned all of their idols. It doesn't say they gave devotion to Yahweh. It doesn't say they, they, they got rid of all of their high places or their, or their uh, cult worship centers. I think of it pretty, pretty practically. Uh, a foreign dude showed up in their city talking about his God being mad at their city and said, he's going to kill you. He's going to destroy you. So they did what I would do. They appease that God. They said, well, we need to do something here. And they do it lavishly. Even their animals will will fast. And what's so fascinating is even with that flimsy uh, response, it's a response for sure, but they still got, I'm sure, tons of questions about Yahweh. I'm sure they're still messed up. We're going to find out later. They're just as bloodthirsty. This is not some, this is not as if they have some national revival, but even with this small flimsy turning towards Yahweh, this pagan nation Yahweh responds to them in kindness. Um, It's the point of Jonah. Don't you see the compassion that God has, not just to this pagan nation, but hey, Israel, he showed that compassion to you. You need to turn. So he'll show compassion on you. That's the point of Jonah. And you see a little bit of the half-hearted repentance of Jonah, the half-hearted repentance of Nineveh. Yeah. Instructive, the half-hearted repentance of Israel in their different generations. Um, But the full compassion of God. That's the point of of Jonah. Like even with our... Half-heartedness, uh, God is delighting to dispense this uh, this uh, compassion to them, and, it, and the, the chapter sets it up so well in verse nine and ten. Who knows? Maybe He will, and then He does. So there's the summary yeah, uh, of the chapter. Lots of cool is, is things there, in is there. Is there anything that you haven't talked about that you'd like to share that probably didn't make it into the teaching? Oh. There are many things. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we'll, we'll keep it. We'll try to keep it as brief as possible. But that's one of the goals of this podcast. Is oftentimes we got some some little things that that are interesting that might that might make the sermon, but then we for lack of time. Uh, and I got there's a few in this passage. The first is this: if you look at chapter one, um, so in Nineveh, uh, in Jonah chapter one, um, the the way that it's translated. And I'll just read it here from the NIV. Jonah one uh, verse one. It says this: the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Okay. So preach against it because it's in the Hebrew word here, the Hebrew word is because it's raw. So that it's wickedness has come up before me. So preach against it is the, the preposition against it because it's raw. It's evil has come up before me. Now, now put that, took that away. Uh, when we get down to chapter three, what we're told, is the second time God comes and brings in this message. He says, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim. And we have a preposition shift here. Mm-hmm. It's not against the city of Nineveh. It's to the city of Nineveh. And that little slight shift in preposition is actually really interesting. It's loaded, we might say. And I just wrote down as I was studying it, uh, why the change in the preposition? Is it that God has changed the idea I used in chapter one, I wanted you to proclaim against it, but now I want you to proclaim to it. Or is this, so is it a change or is this clarifying the initial instruction? Jonah assumed because the way Hebrew prepositions work, they can go either way. They can be, they're very f- flexible Hebrew prepositions. It could be that in chapter one, Jonah assumes he means against. And now in chapter three, he really, he's kind of clarifying. I want you to proclaim to them. And remember the, the, their raw had come up before Yahweh in chapter one. Well, that idea of the raw of Nineveh comes up a lot in this chapter. And raw, that word can mean 
Uh, it can mean a, a moral evil, we might say. It could be a moral concept. In that, in that case, we translate it as something like wickedness or evil or something like that. Um, it can also be uh, not a moral factor, but more of an idea of like hardship or trouble. Um, and so experiencing trouble. So if you think about chapter one of Jonah, their Ra has come up before me. And the translations almost all translate it as wickedness. They're evil. But Ra could go either way. It could be their moral evil, or it could be their trouble has come up before me. Mm. Um, this calamity they're about to experience has come up before me. And what's, what's just so interesting is Jonah assumes it's their moral evil. Of course he does. That's, he, he assumes they should be getting what, what they deserve. They're a bloodthirsty pagan nation. And what we're going to see in chapter 10 is God, God relents concerning the trouble that was coming their way. It's actually here in verse, uh, in verse 10. It says, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their raw, then he relented from the raw that was coming on them. Mm. And it's just an interesting wordplay, this idea of, of evil or is it trouble that's being at play in the trouble book of Trouble for Jonah. them would have been judgment or devastation. Would have been judgment, yeah. On, yeah. Yeah, this, this impending destruction coming their way. And I think it goes to this deep point that Jonah's trying to get at, the book itself, which is when I see, when I see a pagan pe- person, nation, individual, who's messed up, broken morally, and I see them morally in sin, uh, oftentimes my judgment on them is that person's in sin or they're evil. There's something off with them. And, and there, there's a reality to that. But there's also this side of that person's experience that would be, we might say the empathy piece of me going, this person is also in trouble. Instead of just seeing it as they're evil, they des- they're going to get what they deserve, they're in trouble. Maybe there's, yeah. the reason, there's a reason that they're in this pattern of sin. Maybe there's a background of this pattern of sin, and that God sees both of those. Yeah. And it's this word, little wordplay that's in, in the back of Jonah kind of throughout the book that I think is really cool. When I see moral evil, it's so easy for me to say, judge them, and I can forget the compassion of the trouble they find themselves in. And so yeah. the big one of the big points of Jonah is uh, to hold a mirror up to you as the reader. How do you view those that are your enemies? And in this case, the Ninevites were, uh, you can't get any more of an arch enemy than them for ancient Israel. And the book is trying to get the, the Hebrew person to go, Man, I don't see them how God sees them, and that's the same message I think for us today. It's so easy for me, uh, you know, watching the news, things going on in other countries or countries that have attacked uh, America or done yeah. things to go. They all deserve evil and judgment instead of to see instead of to see them. They're in trouble and in desperate need of compassion from the Lord, and that God can see both of those things is a really cool thing. We have no time for that on yeah. Sunday morning, and so. Um, we don't have enough time to get into the wickedness of Assyria, the Assyrian Empire, which is Nineveh. Yeah, we uh, may not want to know some of the We those may not details. want to get in there. Yeah. The the crucifixion was actually invented by then. They mm-hmm. did it not by hanging a person up on their hands. They basically ran the pole through their back. So we would call it being impaled. Yeah. The Romans perfected the Assyrian practice of crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really nasty, bloodthirsty. Yeah. There's a reason Jonah doesn't want them to get compassion. He wants them to burn. Um, and, and rightfully so they were wicked people. Um, so we, we're not gonna have enough time to go into a lot of that, uh, questions about what kind of repentance this is. Are the animals really 
Uh, yeah. Probably. It's meant to make you laugh. Where's God's trying kinda, to prove a point there. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to get your attention. It's meant to be, uh, it's kind of meant to pull you in. It's a really great story. So yeah. Lots of things that we got we could discuss in this chapter. Well, um, for our listeners, we've got one more chapter in Jonah before we find ourselves in Ruth here in a few weeks. And so uh, next week, we'll find ourselves in chapter four, and um, we'll unpack the ending and how it ends and how this, this thing unfolds and hopefully continue to push us all to appreciating God's great compassion for all the peoples of the world even those who are who walk against him and it's hard for them. Garland, thanks for being with us today. And for sermon notes, I'm Clark and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>